Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to another episode of It's Eleven, It's Heaven for Jamie Vardy, the Leicester City podcast by Leicester City fans for Leicester City fans tonight. We're joined by, we're hoping to be joined by Pontus Kamark as the show goes on. He's uh, nowhere to be seen at the minute, a bit like some of the uh, players on the pitch earlier. Um, But we're also joined by Steve. Hi, Steve. How are you doing? Hi, Mark. Uh, Still a bit pissed off, to be honest. Yeah, I think we're all going to be in that boat. Well, you might not be, Barry, actually. You're probably okay, are you? Yeah, well, yeah, I'm still not. My team's in a bit pants just now as well, but yeah, I'm I'm all right. Must be awful to be in what year seventh or eighth or something. Eighth, 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 just now. Yeah, we're really feeling for you, uh, and Tom as well is with us. Yeah, yeah. Well, not much to say, is there? I'm kind of keeping <laughs> an, an eye out on the uh, <laughs> on the other game that's going on at the moment. Just you know, hoping one result goes our way today. But yeah, we'll see. Could be a cheery hour of listening for anyone listening. <laughs> we're also joined tonight by Leicester City fan Alex. Uh, it's good yeah. to have you with us, Alex. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, your your Leicester City supporting credentials. Yeah, so just to echo the room, obviously it's not the not the nicest of uh, days for me to be joining you, but thanks for having me nonetheless. Um, so I'm 26 years old and been a Leicester fan uh, since the last season at Filbert Street. That was my uh, my first season going to watch the Foxes. All thanks to my dad. I've never lived in Leicester. Um, but my dad was Leicestershire born and bred and a, and a Leicester fan and I've actually grown up in Nottingham so uh, it's been interesting uh, obviously having to deal with grow- going to school full of Forest fans and yeah so I've definitely got my eye on that game tonight hoping that, that they don't pick anything up and that can at least cheer my mood up a little bit for today um, but yeah so like I said been a been a fan for many years season ticket holder and uh, just keeping everything crossed that things go our way over the next few weeks. You've uh, obviously people listening won't, won't know this, but you've got quite a classic shirt on there t- today. I have. Uh, yeah. On yeah. the mid nineties, I think was it? 95. Yeah. The third kit from 95. I've wanted it for a long time, actually. Uh, it, it went out of, went out of stock and then they re- restocked it earlier this season. So I managed to pick that up. Um, but I do have actually quite a collection of, of classic shirts from, from the club ones from way before I was even born. Yeah, um, but yeah, it's a little hobby of mine as well. Well, it's great to have you with us tonight. It might be a, a sort of self-help 
group that we're, we're holding here today. And hopefully uh, anyone that's listening might feel slightly better afterwards as well. But we do need to dissect and um, start with yourself. Before I go into the detail of the game itself, how, how are you How are you sort of processing what happened earlier? Um, yeah, well, a bit of disbelief, really, Mark. It just... Um... You know, we've got four games to play and there was a complete lack of effort, lack of game plan or, well, it, it shows that Rogers wasn't the only problem because, you know, there's no way Dean Smith wanted them to go out and play the way they did. They just had a real poor attitude and several players looked like they didn't give a toss because they weren't going to be here next year anyway. I wonder if that is the case that footballers just don't care. Barry, did you catch the game earlier and were you surprised by how easily... Leicester rolled over, especially in that first half. Um, well, actually, when I saw the lineup, I was quietly confident. I thought that I thought that was a strong team to play. Ever, I was on a bigger pound um, to play Fulham. Um, we played Fulham recently, and they were they were abysmal. They were poor. Didn't really show any sort of attacking now, so nothing. But they, I don't know what it is. They just looked up for it more. I don't necessarily think it was like strategy to begin with. I think heads dropped too quick for Leicester after the second one. Um, but as I mentioned in our WhatsApp group, historically, from my experience with Dean Smith, he's just not proactive enough. And before you know it, you can be 3-0, 4-0 down, and then you're kind of out of the game. And um, there's like Pratt and uh, Samari for me were non-existent first 20 minutes, and he could have easily slinged one of them and just totally changed the formation. He didn't know Tom, did he? And uh, it, was, it was really painful watching that first half. But where, where does that leave us now, in, in your view? In deep, deep trouble, Mark. <laughs> um, obviously, you know, it's a dire situation to go to anyway today, um, like before the match. Um, and it's that thing of week upon week thinking, oh, maybe there's a glimmer of hope, you know, we might we might scrounge something off one of these games coming up, but it, I just can't see it now, personally. Um yeah, it feels like this this was the the chance that we were sort of waiting for and we've kind of put our cards on the table now and that's that's what we've got. <laughs> but, um, you know, as, as Steve said there, I, I just can't believe how how much we crumbled from, from the off. Like, there was, there never was just, got going, did we, today? No, you're expecting us to kind of come out of the blocks fighting and you just didn't see it. Like, the first few minutes, I mean... Obviously, early days, we conceded that really poor goal, um, which was, don't get me wrong, it was horrific. But I can kind of give the goalie a pass on that, you know, nerves, early nerves, perhaps, uh, with the situation we're in. But, oh, the performance just went, yeah, it was woeful. <laughs> yeah, it was. It wasn't great at all. Um, Alex, you're watching the game today. When you saw the lineup. Initially, did you have that level of confidence that we were going to be okay today, or is it always a worry when there's no defensive midfielder in there for for a start when we're conceding goals as we are? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I have yeah two two things on that. So I was actually confident before today, before the lineup, and I was quite naive. Um, And my my dad, my dad came over this morning, and he was the opposite. He was a little bit more sensible, I guess. And I was saying, you know, Fulham have got nothing to play for. Um, we're obviously fighting for our lives. I think they'd lost five of their last seven. And I was just saying, this this is the day we finally keep a clean sheet. They've not got Mitrovic. They've not got Pereira. They've not got, their, uh, I think he's their captain, isn't he, Reem, or is at least yeah. the best, their best defender. I thought, 
you know, this is the day we we turn it on and we'll we'll be coming out two or three nil, get a clean sheet. We'll be confident going into the Liverpool game. And even before I saw the team sheet, I had that ridiculous amount of hope, um, and that was obviously shattered within the first twenty minutes. Um, in terms of the the defence midfielders, it's probably I. I, I don't want to point my finger at Dean Smith for anything so far because I think he's come into such a tough situation and I can't see what more he, he could have done. But it is one thing that does baffle me when you think you've got Sumare and Tielemans playing alongside each other in a double pivot and they're both so weak and poor out of possession, not in terms of their strength. I mean, Sumare can show, he can he can battle, but his awareness is just non-existent when the opposition's on the ball. And, our defenders had a very poor game themselves, I thought, but they had no protection. You know, the amount of times they were carved open in that first 20 minutes, and I mean, it could have been more. I think Everson made a save in the first half, then he point blank. Yeah. That could have gone in. Um, so, yeah, it's just that lack of a, an Ndidi from two years ago, I think. And you can't really blame, blame him because Ndidi's form's dropped off a cliff. KDH hasn't been the KDH of last year either. So who else have we really got? I mean, I'd have gone with someone along, you know, along the lines of Mendy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it is a, a very front-footed midfield, which is nice in some aspects, but it does mean that we have zero protection to our back line. And I think early doors, like like Barry said, I think it was, it, it was clear to see that it wasn't working and maybe the changes should have been made sooner. Yeah, one, one change at half-time was a bit of a surprise. Hi Pontus, how are you doing? Pontus Camart joins us now on the, the show. It's great to have you back with us, Pontus. Thank you. Sorry, sorry. I was all occupied with first football training and, and then I was I was just thinking about the game, you know, the forest game, you know, it's so important, you know, to yeah. So the the other one, the Everton one that didn't go quite as we hoped, right? That's an understatement, isn't it? <laughs> It absolutely didn't go. Have you, have you been training yourself today, or have you got a team? No, it's my son. It's his team, you know. So, so I, I'm the coach of the team. So, so that's why. So, we're just blowing the whistle. We're glad you've turned up because Steve was going to have to pretend to be you. <laughs> so he's been practicing yeah. Pontus yeah. Camart voice. The Swedish chef, right on the Muppet Show or something. Yeah, the less to a fucking cheat. <laughs> uh, <laughs> It's not a good day. Uh, something like that, Pontus, it would have yeah. <laughs> great, great you joined us. We're, we're just discussing the, the sort of opening moments of the game, really. I, I know Tom said there, Steve, that the goalkeeper, he was given a bit of a pass to for the first goal, but he made yeah. a bit of a mess of it, Daniel Iverson, didn't he? Yeah, he, he did. did. Um, yeah, he's done not a lot wrong apart from his kicking since he's come in. But yeah, he... Uh, he, he, he kind of looked like he was coming out to claim it and then went back and was just in the wrong position and the bounce beat him, didn't it? So, yeah, not not a good start to the game. Although I said we weren't up for it right from the first whistle. We weren't pressing. We weren't chasing with any energy. Um, so it was going to come one way or another. Once I'll come to, to you on my next point, really. So there's been a lot of accusations placed at the door of Leicester City players saying that they don't care. Some of them are going to go off to get their moves and they're going to be playing in the Premier League anyway. Have you ever played in the dressing room where you felt that any players that were with you didn't care? No, I, I haven't. Maybe I've been lucky, but at the same time, I think I think you care, but sometimes you react differently 
you know, when the going gets tough or, uh, you know, it may, it's almost like a collective meltdown and you lose the, the energy instead of gain the energy. You know, sometimes you need like a Roy Keane or something, you know, to fire it up or a Martin O'Neill, you know, uh, something like that to really wake up the players to, to squeeze everything out of it. You know, it's so easy to, that you're in the middle of it, you know, and you almost want to escape, you know, that you have that kind of feeling instead of going into fight. So I think they really do want to, but, uh, but uh, obviously we could see, you know, with the body language that I agree, it, it didn't look like they were, <laughs> that it was for their lives. If you, if, if, if you put it like that, you know, so away game, home it's usually easier as well from my own point of view when you play because your home fans you have to chase every ball you have to win even if it's a throw-in you know but away you you can get a little bit more different mentality which you shouldn't in a game like this you know look at Everton you know and their response for example you know so so yeah that was really dis- dis- disappointing uh, the, the the way we played is there a goal barrier um, Pontus do you think we're lacking natural leaders in the in the team then at the minute yeah I, I may, maybe we do because I can't see I, I mean we have some talented players but some of them might be thinking about other things and moving, but I still think they want to do their share. But at the same time, you need like a Walsh or something like that, you know, somebody to, you know, that's been there for a long time. Vardy has done great and he does his running and everything, but he can only do ever so much, you know, with his mentality because you're just winding up and he's just running, you know. But but I think you need more uh, of that character, you know, when you know, when the rest of the of the team doesn't respond, we also had that in the national team, either Patrick Anderson or a guy called Jonas Tern, you know, you, you knew that you had to perform, you know, because they squeezed the best out of you. You could never be comfortable. And sometimes players look, they have the skill, but they're comfortable, you know, and you, you can't be comfortable you're, when you're in a situation like this. You have You have to be you know, really, really uh, aggressive and focused, you know, and work hard, you know. And um, I, I think the comfort zone was there, you know, that they lack, lacked a little bit of the of the energy. Yeah, mm. they maybe struggled to get on board the whole season that we're in the, as much trouble as we are. Uh, yeah. There's a goal at the Forest-Southampton game and it's gone to Nottingham Forest. Uh, so Forest have, have gone a goal up in that game, which is probably about as bad as it can go for us today so far. Barry, back to today's game. When we're, <laughs> when we're struggling defensively, um, is it a surprise to you that maybe we don't play an extra centre-back and go five at the back rather than a, a flat-back four? It's surprising if you're not playing an actual defensive midfielder, for sure. Because um, like it, was, it was just coming through there time and time again, like Alex said. It, it, again, I can only compare because we, we had him as well. These with, he didn't like playing a defensive midfielder. He liked to play two. And he liked them both to be like all guns blazing going forward, which I suppose Yuri and Samani can be, but it's it's to the detriment, especially when your your confidence is shot. Like yeah. like Mendy had to play today. He had to play today. I just don't understand why he, he doesn't wasn't even in the squad today. It's so strange. He wasn't in the twenty. 
It's, uh, it's a real, real, real strange one. Uh, Tom, I'll come to you, to you next. The two goals down today, 28 minutes on the clock, and the fans are chanting, you're not fit to wear the shirt at the players. What's your, what's your view on that? It's a tough one. Um, I get it, you know, uh, sort of four goals, but two goals, come on. We, you need to be behind your team at that point, surely. Um, and I know, I know, you know, our team wasn't really given as signs of uh, of getting any better. In fact, you know, I was thinking the next they're going to get three by half time was my thought, um, which they did. Yeah, so so yeah, it's a, it's a difficult one. But you know, as a fan, you're meant to be there to to spur your team on, and that's not well. I don't I don't feel that's happening at the moment. So yeah, well, I would agree. It's uh, it was it was a real shocker what, for yourself, Bonds. When you were an ex-player, when you were playing, have you ever a scenario where the fans turned on you, and and it made you improve your performance, or is it one that just adds to the lack of confidence that's already there? No, but yeah, of course that's happened. You know, uh, sometimes you have a poor performance, like in the first half, and but then you discuss it or you fire yourself up and, and the rest of the squad in the, in at halftime, you know, and just to go out back to basic. I mean, win every duel, do every extra run, don't give anything away. Sometimes I, I think it looked a little bit too easy. Whatever you can do is make it difficult. You know, it's not that easy to beat a team that does everything right, you know, and do the running back, you know, if you do your homework and the, the defensive work 100%, is you're hard to beat. And from that, you always get chances. You make sure you have you have one point. Make sure you have one point, and make sure you don't make it easy for them. If they if they have a blast from you know 30 yards, you know, okay, we give them that. But it, it looked a little bit too easy, and that's for me as 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 a defender or you know, as a former player, you know, that hurts the most, you know, when when you give away goals easy, you know. Mm-hmm. If everybody's behind the ball, everybody try to win everything and really hungry for it, you know, even as a less talented team, you can win against better teams, you know. And I didn't really see that spark and that energy today. It was still nice football, you know. It's... Mm-hmm. You know, I, it can't be nice when you're down there. It's about grabbing the points and it can be nice next year. It's a really good point, that, uh, Alex, isn't it? That maybe we just don't have the players for, for a fight. And, you know, there's there's a lot of feeling at the moment that today was our last chance. I think a couple of weeks ago, people looked at the Fulham leads and today, uh, sorry, the uh, Everton leads and today is the three games that we needed to take probably six to six to nine points from. And we've taken two. That's not good enough, is it? No, not at all. Um, and I think today was a result or not a result, but today was a game where had we picked up more points against Everton and against Leeds, you could probably have said away at Fulham, they've, they've had a good season and you can sort of take it on the chin if it was a good performance. But the fact that we've not picked up enough points against our relegation rivals and then we've not just got beaten by a good Fulham side, we've got demolished. And let's be honest, I think they probably took their foot off the gas. I think they gifted us, especially Barnes, the second goal. You know, that was obviously just really sloppy play from them at the back. 
had they had more to fight for, they probably would have been able to keep keep the ball out of their net a bit more than they did. Um, in terms of having the players, I 100% agree. I feel, and I don't want, you know, the ship sailed now, he's gone. I don't want to keep bringing him back into the equation. But I do feel as though we have a team full of Brendan Rodgers players. Yeah, Brendan Rodgers was a fantastic manager for this football club when things were going well. He couldn't handle the pressure when things were turning against us. And I think the players that he brought in, not necessarily he was in charge of bringing those players in himself, but the players we now have have got that Brendan Rodgers mentality of if things are going well, things are going well. Look at Madison. He's flying when things are going well. But when things are tough, when things are like today, you're 2-0 down after however many minutes it was. You've not picked up the points you should have picked up in your previous games. We don't have a squad that can just roll the sleeves up. I mean, I'd say the only ones today who, and I'm not saying they had good games, but the only ones today who did look like they had some fight, for me, were Soyuncu, um, Sumare and Vardy. Now, like I said, I'm not saying Soyuncu had a great game. I thought he was at fault for the first goal, giving the ball away. I think it was the first goal. But they were three players that were banished almost by Rodgers. He never played them. And is that because they are the type of players that actually we need? But he wasn't the type of manager that wanted those players. He wanted the nice, happy kind, the soft ones that weren't going to be flying in and, and putting themselves around. As I thought today, those three were the only ones that probably were fit to wear the shirt. And they didn't have the best game, but they were the only three that I thought, you know what, you can walk off that pitch thinking you've worked your hardest today. Um, and I do feel as though that's just the club as a whole at the minute, as good as he was for us and as much as I respect him as a manager, he wasn't he didn't build a squad that could cope with the situation we're now in. And Dean Smith can't really do anything about the squad other than bring the likes of Soyuncu back into the frame. You know, he's not got a chance to change the squad. And there's just too many players in there that I don't want to say they don't care. I'd, lo I'd love to think they do care. But there's too many players in there that just aren't built for this sort of situation. What does this situation require, Steve? Is It's fight and passion and desire and a bit of that maybe dark arts, isn't it, that we, we seem to sort of like... Yeah, some character. They've got a... I mean, I, I disagree with Alex to a degree. I think only only Cags came out with any credit. Um, I thought Samari was awful when he didn't have the ball and, and Vards took an awful penalty as well. Um, but he, he didn't have a, 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 such a bad game. But there was there's just no leadership, is there? There's no one there that's going to pull the rest of the team up by the scruff of their necks and get them together and, and and get a bit of fight. And, you know, Dean Smith said he was surprised. and I think he's angry as well because there was no indication we were going to start the game the way we did with that apathy, lethargy, uh, lack of spark, lack of fight. So I we're just a lack of character, I think. I mean... And maybe these players have just been used to good times and haven't experienced the bad times and how to get through them. Yeah, that's how you learn quite a lot about a set of players, isn't it? Barry, a bit of a score update at the City Ground. There's been some more goals, hasn't there? Yes, 2-1. 2-1 for us now. Um, both defences look utterly wild, so you can see another 5-3 today. There's it been seems, a crazy uh... amount of goals today so far, hasn't there? Um, 
Pontus at 3-0 down at half time. What does a manager have to say to try and get the, the lads back together? I don't know if you've been in situations where you've been absolutely hammered in a half and come out the second half much stronger. Uh, but that's what we needed today, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's it's England and I still, well, I might be old-fashioned, but I, you need a wake-up call. You need a, a hair blower or whatever you call it, you know, to, to wake people up and 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 to battle because it's not that easy to to win games by outplay opponents all the time especially not away but sometimes the first thing you do is equally work hard or work harder than the opponent win the duels and there's not that many duels it's more like okay we have the ball now it's our turn to try to play it nice and tidy, do the... And they're very, very skillful, yes. But sometimes it's against one against one. Don't let anybody get past you, you know. You have to win your game against your opponent. It's not the team against the team sometimes. You know, break it down. My guy is never, ever going to go past me. If he never go past me and everybody thinks the same, you know... You, you have won quite a lot. So it doesn't have to be that nice when you're in a situation like this. You know, I think back to basic and 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 grind it through. You have a, take a draw every now and then, but don't lose and build on that. But like you said, three-nil, then it's more like you know, you know, defense is out there, you know, it's about respect for yourself and and for your fans and 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 try to go out and and just turn it around at, at least even if we lose make sure that we give it a go and show you know hearts and desire that's what you definitely need to do. I think that they were talking about that in, at half time for sure but uh, yeah I've been in situations and that's what you that's what you definitely you fire each other up you know and let's go out and you know we don't have the beep here does we you know but it's you know you 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 talk about that you know to to go out and and show character. Yeah, do you think of any uh, famous comebacks in your your career where you were a couple of goals or three goals down at half time? Both both ends, and even one of the most famous ge- games when I was at Leicester that many that was the the comeback from from the from the Arsenal game. You know when we when we were losing all the time, but. We never gave up, even if it was a corner or whatever. We knew it's a chance to score. You know, we were good, and you know that was a couple of good comebacks in that game. Uh, but uh, and, and sometimes you don't manage, but but you but but you give it a go. They, people can see that you, that you've been working hard. You know, you, you, sometimes you win, sometimes you lose, but you can always do your best work wise. And sometimes you, you have to show that you're doing that. You know, sometimes it's, <laughs> that is what the surrounding wants to see, you know, that you really, try. Like, like you say, oh, he didn't have a good game, but he tried. I mean, uh, that's what you want to know, that everybody gives 100%, you know. Sometimes you can do mistakes and you don't get up to the level or whatever, but as, as long as you're show that you give 100%, you know, people can still be behind you. Yeah, I think that's the problem, Tom, isn't it? It's all a bit too pretty at times. And we, we don't quite see that level of desire, that ruggedness. And 
to come out into the second half and to concede again five minutes into the second half yeah. felt like a real hammer blow, didn't it? It was like, almost like, what have we learned from that first half? Not not very much. Exactly, yes. It, it was one of those games where you just feel like, oh, God, it's going from bad to worse constantly. Um, you know, obviously it wasn't the start we needed in the, at the start of the first half. Um, but you're just hoping that you see some kind of turnaround, some fight back, as, as you say, you know, people flying into some tackles or, or putting the pressure on. The, the pressure was basically non-existent. You know, pe- people were so slow to get back from midfield. Um, and, you know, I mean, I could pick out names, but what's the point at this point, you know? Um, the stage we're at now with this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, second half as well, just just terrible. And I mean, it was it was one of those games where you didn't really want to keep watching. So I'm I'm surprised that we managed to get some. Well, it's hard to say positives out of it, but you know, you scored uh, three goals. You scored three goals away from. I know, the I know. And I don't know if you saw Barnes's interview after the game, but uh, he was so down. He was so down about it. You're just thinking you've scored two goals yourself. Like you shouldn't be in this mess. So yeah. it's just yeah, really disappointing day. Half time, Barry. Uh, Dennis Pratt gets pulled off for. Excuse the phrase. <laughs> uh, Dennis Pratt gets replaced by Tete. Uh, he had a poor first half, didn't he? And Tete looked quite lively in the second half. Yeah, I think it was a. Yeah, it was it, well. It was a relatively positive move. But I still, I still think you need to protect the back four and just kind of just have five minutes, ten minutes of calmness in the second half. But he does, he does look okay. I think he, he has spells. He just for for me, I think if you're down at the bottom, you can get get away with maybe one one flamboyant player, and that's that's your Barnes. I think mm. if you have two on, you're, you're probably yeah, and, well yeah, and you're a bit successful. But like Madison's got a bit of grit to him. Like he will, he will come back and defend. Barnes won't. And, and Teddy doesn't really have that either. Um, I suppose he had Dean Smith had to show some sort of like he had some sort of resolution for the dilemma that was happening, but um, it didn't. It didn't really make it didn't really make much difference to be honest. So we get ourselves back in the the game slightly four one with uh, Harvey Barnes scoring, and then we get a penalty ponter at four one. Jamie Vardy wins the penalty, uh, and then he takes it himself. Jamie Vardy looks back to his sort of, not best, but he, he looks like Jamie Vardy again at the moment, doesn't he? Definitely. Yeah, very impressive, especially the last game. You know, that was that was some kind of leadership, but more with his own playing, you know, and his own energy to, to drag people with you. Oh, that was close, by the way. Yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> I was watching the game as well there. But, but yeah. So, but very, you know, you can say a bad penalty. Of course, it's a bad penalty when it doesn't go in. But I had a bad feeling before, even though it was Vardy that went up, you know, and I just felt, you know, he can't miss this one, you know. And usually I don't think like that, you know, so I don't know. But I had a bad feeling even before, you know. Um, But, um, yeah, but he's been doing some great running and still looks sharp, to be honest. So that's uh, all credit to him. Maybe one more season from him, Steve, if we, <laughs> we do go down next season. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see if he'd want to stay in the championship. I think he probably would. Um, 
And I think he'd do fine based on the last few games. Um, he could have had a hat-trick against uh, Everton and still looked lively when given the service today. So um, no reason why he can't have another season or two if we drop down a league, uh, which looks more likely nowadays, doesn't it? It's not in our own hands anymore anyway. Well, certainly not with the way the results have gone. So it's, it couldn't really have gone any worse. Uh, Alex, uh, Harvey Barnes, two goals from him today. He gets quite a bit of stick, doesn't he? I, I feel like I'm a big defender of Harvey Barnes because I know that he does go missing, but he's our top scorer and he doesn't really score tap-ins. I know he got one today, but uh, his goals are normally sort of self-made and he's he's got a bit of something extra about him. Do you think that'll be the I think this will be the last we see of Harvey Barnes? Do you think he'll move on at the end of the season? I do, yeah. Um and good luck to him as well. I, I'm a big defender of him, although I do feel, I think it was against Arsenal and it was a couple of years ago when he picked up his injury. And I do feel that he's never reached those same levels as he did before. And it's not, I think the hate he gets is not because he's a bad player at all or he has bad games. It's because of how good he was and mm. he's not met those levels again. And it's even today, there's just, occasions where you think go on beat your man beat your man you can do it because I've seen you do it and he cuts inside and puts a cross in and you know as as good as Vardy's movement might be he's never been one for a bullet header in the box and uh, it is it probably is the last we've seen of him or not the last or this will be the last season the last time we see him because uh, it sounds pessimistic but I think we will be going down and he is far too good for the championship and I don't necessarily think a Champions League team will be coming in for him, but a top eight side certainly would want if Brighton or Brentford or Harry's Villa. Or, or, Villa. Yeah, I, was just, I was just about to say a Villa or someone like that who find themselves in the top eight and with maybe European football next season of some level, he will certainly be an asset to a team like that, definitely. Moving away from his hometown club though, in terms of where we're at, Pontus, I think... The general consensus is, I mean, we put a poll on our Twitter page earlier, which was to ask, it was before kickoff, will Leicester stay up? It was quite positive before kickoff. Uh, put put the same question up again after. 90% of Leicester fans now say that that's it. We're, we're down after today. Do you, do you share that view or do you think that there's still hope for us yet? There's still hope, for sure. I mean, uh, it's difficult. It's, it's, um, I can understand because the results... The, the, the way of the game, you know, of course, you you assume that the next game is going to be as bad because you have seen it. But so, so I understand that feeling. It's quite realistic. But at the same time, there are every, every game is an opportunity. You know, uh, we have seen that uh, Southampton away to Arsenal. I mean, how is that possible? You know, uh, when Arsenal really needs it as well, you know, on the Emirates. So, so of course, uh, football, but they need to believe or find find the energy, you know, to really be buzzing because now they play better opponents, you know, on the on the paper. Uh, so, uh, so of course, it's going to be on the forehand more difficult, but. At the same time, it's still an opportunity. So it's up to them whether they want it or not. You know, it's just make sure that, well, we, that they want it badly enough and they can squeeze uh, West Ham away. They're going to be they're going to be safe. 
that's a three-pointer. You know, we I think we need at least a draw. If we could, if we could get a win in one of these two games, most likely, what is most likely, Liverpool home maybe. I don't know. Even if though they have a great form now, Newcastle away seem quite difficult. You know, but either of them or 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 a draw and a win maybe four points. But then we need to be lucky that the, the other team doesn't pick up points, obviously. Yeah. And they also have quite it's it's today where 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 we should have won, to be honest, because they also have difficult games to 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 finish up with, you know. So so I, I still think there is chance, but <laughs> there is also fear. I mean, and and if 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 you if you would bet on it, you know, I think. People are, you know, they're wise. I think uh, most likely is that we don't make it if you look at it, on, especially with the results now, right now when Forest are, are, are ahead, you know. But we have to wait on that one. But, yeah, but three three games, you know, they they just they just have to. It's, it's, it's have to. Because as bad as we feel today, Steve, mm. you're going to be at the game on... Next yeah. Monday at Liverpool, and the belief mm. will be there again, won't it? In the stands, it will. It, the the hope it's the hope that kills you, isn't it? As I guess what John. Yeah, said. I'm not sure the belief will be there, but the hope <laughs> will be there. Yeah, <laughs> um, the hope will be there for sure. And you've got to think that there's going to be a reaction. I mean, I've heard that Dean Smith said, "There you go." Um, all this story about you're good, too good to go down. Don't believe all that bullshit because look how you played. Uh, and look where you are. Um, and if he's given them some real harsh truths, I think that's a good thing because they need it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Tom, yeah. if I was to press you at the moment in whether we were going to stay up or go down, what would you say? Well, <laughs> if you were to pressure me, I'd, I'd say we're probably going down. Um, I think it's just because week on week we're hoping for this lift and I know, I know Pontus has just just said there you know the next weeks you know a different games a completely different game but um it's it's just difficult for for me to see the improvement that we need over these coming games it's hard hard to hear isn't it nine years yeah. of being at the top yeah. table and going through what we've been through Alex you, you were saying at the beginning you're, you're 26 years old you've really known in your adult life success at Leicester City. I know probably before that there were some harder t- times, but standing on the edge of the abyss as it may feel at the moment, how's, how does that make you feel? Is it is it affecting you? Yeah, it is. It is. I, I think I'm sure, like all football fans, not just Leicester fans, but it does, it has a big impact on your life. And, um, you know, you're right. I've, I've not necessarily seen as much as you guys throughout the throughout the the club but say. I've <laughs> but I've I've seen us in League One. I've seen us in the championship for many a year and many bang average seasons in the championship and the instability. I've seen it before, but this did feel different to me. This just felt with the owners that we had, with the success that we were starting to build, this did feel like we were here and, and I know you can never say forever, but it didn't seem to be coming this quickly. You know, it, it it felt like it must have had to have been a much slower decline, but it seems to have been what 
two years since we were finishing fifth to getting relegated is just such a quick decline. And we're not relegated yet. And, you know, fingers crossed if we do stay up that next season we can, next season we can, um, we can, you know, build on that success again. But it, it, it did feel like this shouldn't be happening. And it, it certainly come around too quickly. So another goal for Forrest, by the way, uh, yeah, in the, the game. So three, what a penalty. Morgan Gibbs-White, I think, has, uh, has took that away. So they, they're going to get a little bit of belief from that as well. It's difficult when you rely on other people as well, isn't it, I guess? Uh, Barry, how would you change things if you were Dean Smith? Because surely you can't go out next game with anything like the same eleven that started today. Um, yeah, I, I, I honestly, mate, I don't know. I think... Um, Actually, comparing it to our first season back, we we were in the exact same boat, um, ex- except we were probably a few points off it. And he pulled out of nowhere a win against Arsenal, and Arsenal were flying at the time. So, like, I I I think Leicester still still stay up. I think I think they'll get something out of either Liverpool or Newcastle. I just do. I think Liverpool, Liverpool will be the harder one because they're still fighting for champion Champions League. Newcastle could have it tied up by then, mm. so they don't need to. They don't need to do anything. They can they can let players get their their tallies up to whatever for the end of the season. Um, and West Ham, I think West Ham, you will win. So like four points, four points, thirty four points. That probably does it. I, like I totally believe you'll do it. I think um, the problem you've got is that Forest and Everton are going to be on. Well, Everton are on thirty two now. Forest are going to be on thirty three. So you you're pretty much saying that they're not going to win another game if you if you send thirty four is enough. Which is highly likely for both teams. Like this against Southampton, yeah, Southampton are bottom, but they've had chance after chance in this game. So this, I struggle to believe this will stay three-one. Um, the Everton game is a freak. That's an absolute freak. I don't know where that's came from. Um, I think I think that's probably their manager making a few changes and being a bit cocky with it. Um, but the rest, of the, the rest of the season, you can easily see Forest and Everton losing the rest of the games, and and certainly Leeds as well. We'll find out in the next couple of weeks, won't we? Uh, it's it's coming thick and fast at us at the, at the moment, that's for sure. Um, Pontus, we've got Johnny Evans just about due back from injuries on the bench again today. We've got Ricardo. Are those the sort of characters that Dean Smith needs to bring back into the team to to, to get a bit of a point of difference as we go into the games at Liverpool and Newcastle? Uh, uh, yeah, I would say my first answer would be yes, uh, because... Uh, um, one of them has the routine, you know. He he is a leader with uh, maybe haven't played for a bit, but I think usually you struggle after a couple of games if you haven't got the fitness level. But one or two or three games you can manage to uh, if you have just done rehab, if you know what I mean. And mm-hmm. Evans is such a skillful player, you know, with reading the game. Uh, um, I think that would be an asset. And Ricardo, the way he was when he was at his best, I mean, he could have played for Barcelona when they they were good. I mean, so, uh, uh, and he can be attacking. So so I think that brings a little bit of each in the side. You were talking about changing to a back five. You could easily do that with a winger like that to, to be up and down, Ricardo Pereira. So, so um, yeah, I, I I think they they're both better, you know, th- than than the squad and and sh- should be in the squad if they fit. 
Yeah, fingers crossed that we're looking for anything now, aren't we? We're looking for yeah. the snookers, <laughs> I guess, to, to get us back into it. Um, Alex, for, for you, Ricardo Pereira, he must be one of the most frustrating talents that we've ever had because he was so, so good, wasn't he? As Bonson yeah. said before his injuries, but he has had, he's had almost a full catalogue of injuries. He's had his ACL, he's torn hamstrings, he's done his Achilles heel. Uh, he's had a real rough ride of it. Yeah, no, definitely. I think he easily wouldn't be here if he didn't have those injuries. And that's probably the, the only blessing in disguise that they may have given us is had he kept fit and he kept that form, he wouldn't still still be playing for us. But it is just, you just hope and you keep your fingers crossed every time he comes back. We hope for two things. One, he hits the heights of, of previous seasons. And two, he just stays fit. Um, and you can probably add Johnny Evans into that same discussion, I feel. You know, another one, can we, can we trust that Johnny Evans and Ricardo Pereira next season are still going to be playing for us or are they just going to spend every single match day on the injury table. It's it's such a tough one because they're real talents and we need them to be fit. We need them in our starting eleven, but you just can't trust them. Absolutely. Listen, we'll draw a line under today's game uh, there. What, what we've got now is that we play a bit of a game on this show. I'm not sure if you guys have, your Pontus, you've been on it twice before, so you will remember. Uh, we play a game called Last Man Standing, so I'm going to give you a topic and if you get an incorrect answer, you're out. But if you get a correct answer, you remain in. The last person at the end is the winner. Uh, and in homage to Erlen Harlins, the, he's a bit of a robot, isn't he? A bit of a gold machine. Uh, he's likely to win the Golden Boot this season. I'd like you to give me the names of players that have won the Golden Boot since the Premier League started in 1992 to 93. So I'm starting with you, Steve, if that's OK. Shearer. Shearer won it three times, yeah. Four times. Uh, Barry. Uh, Andy Cole. Andy Cole won it in 1993 to 94. That's the second season of the Premier League. Tom? Drogba. Drogba. Yeah, 2006, 2007 and 2009, 2010. Alex, coming to you. Jamie Vardy. Jamie Vardy. 23 goals in 2019-20 to win the Golden Boot for the GOAT. Pontus. Aguero. Aguero won it in 2014-15. That was the only time he won it. That can't be right. He won it, though, so you, you remain in. Uh, Steve? Uh, oh, I'm torn on this one. Uh, Van Nistelrooy. Yeah, uh, Ruud Van Nistelrooy won it in 2002-2003. Barry? Cristiano Ronaldo. Cristiano Ronaldo. Cristiano Ronaldo. No. Oh, yes. 2007, 2008. 31 goals. Tom. Van Persie. Van Persie won it twice. Once for Arsenal, once for Manchester United. Between 2011 and 2013. Alex, back to you. Mo Salah. Mo Salah has won it three times. Uh, most, most recently, uh, two seasons ago. Last season, sorry, 21-22. Pontus. Uh, Henri. Thierry Henri has won it three t- four times uh, between 2001 to 2006. Normally everyone's out by now. So I'm, a <laughs> I'm a bit worried that we might have set a too easy one tonight. Steve, back to you. Don't let well, me down. I'm going out now. Owen. Michael Owen? Yeah. yeah. 
you know, I, I still think he's a decent manager. So I, I can't come up with another name. Yeah, Russell Martin's one that's been mentioned in the newspapers the last couple of days, Steve. He's been labelled the next Brendan Rogers. How does that make you feel? Oh, thank you. Okay. No, there's not there's not enough there for me. And um with Dean Smith, I'd even say that he's not done enough different or adventurous enough with the team. Um I it's a bit of a poison chalice with the few games we had left, but I'm not convinced. And Russell Martin's certainly not done enough yet. That would be a, a how do we save a bit of money, I think. But um so that will, I've heard that that's not true anyway, but I hope it isn't. Well, we might need to find ways to save a bit of money, Tom, because apparently the TV money uh, that was earmarked for the Premier League has all been put against a loan that the club's already taken uh, for the next three seasons, which is a slight worry, isn't it, when we need to rebuild. We were chatting before we came on air. We might need anywhere up to 15 to 20 players in the summer. We yeah. might need to do a forest. Well, it's, it is worrying. Um, I mean, you... You start to wonder about the ground expansion being completely off, don't you? And <laughs> um, the ground in the championship, wouldn't it? If that was the case, it bloody well would. Yeah, yeah. I think you'd uh, you'd struggle to fill it with the current performances. But um, yeah, it's it's a tough one to take. Really, it's hard to know who's going to be around next season. But you know, we're going to have to see what league we're in for a start. Yeah. Maybe those conversations are, are better kept for a, a pod slightly further down the line. What about for you, Alex? What's your views on Dean Smith? Yeah, I think, I mean, just probably recruitment is uh, is is almost going to be even bigger than who we have in charge, to be honest, because like you say, the number of players we're going to be having to get in, that's probably the biggest priority for me. But um, if he keeps Shaky and JT with him and they're, they're a team and they keep a little bit of, consistency I, I agree with Pontus why not you know they, they've not done massive amounts that have made me gone he's definitely the manager I want but who else realistically will want to come to us at the minute that's that's got a good track record I can't think of many people that would be interested in this job unless you are going for someone like Russell Martin who I would not want but is completely unproven yeah, absolutely. Barry, what about for you uh, in terms of Dean Smith? You're a you're a Villa man. You must uh, you must be wishing him well. Still, uh, is there more that we can expect to see from him if he was given the job permanently? Yeah, I think so. I didn't I didn't want him to go. Like uh, really, it's it's all turned out quite well for us. But he had us playing okay. He just had limited players. Um, but one thing he can can do, and he's done it historically at Brentford and did it at Walsall, is he's built teams from scratch. So whether that's, that's in the Premier League, yeah, whether that's in the Premier League or the Champions League, and he did it with us. We had, we we signed fourteen players when we got promoted. Um, we we did stay up by the skin of our teeth, but the following season we finished top, just under top, yeah, eleventh, I think. We bet Liverpool seven two. We had we had a great team. So like he he can do that. He and he's, he had similar players like he'd, He'll, and he's got phenomenal knowledge of the lower divisions. He brought in good players for us, like Resley Konza, Matty Cash, Ollie Watkins. Look, look at them now. They're all internationals, essentially. So he, yeah. he can do that. He's got that in his system. And with Terry and Shakespeare, they, they were a good team for us. Um, and I absolutely wish him well. I, I, I was so glad he came to you guys because it's a win-win for me. It gives me more reason to, to follow you. You didn't need any more reason, really, did you? Mm, 
no, some, sometimes it makes me feel better coming on this podcast. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> for that. We appreciate that. Guys, we're at nine o'clock already. The time has absolutely flown by this evening. Pontus, are you still working for um, the Premier League in Sweden? I am indeed, yeah. I've been doing that for 23 years now, so it's been a long time. So I work... I work coming weekend, yeah, uh, as it is. I, I was off this weekend, and then I do the Monday game. I don't know what it is, actually. The, it's Leicester-Liverpool. The, the next... Oh, yeah, it is. It is the one after. It's the... Exactly. It's the... Uh, you're dead right there, you know. And, uh, yeah. And uh, and the four... Yeah, exactly. And we're on... We've, we've got two more Monday nights coming up. So if you do the Monday night game... We'll yeah. see us there uh, against Liverpool, then against Newcastle, both on the Monday nights. Um, thanks so much for joining us tonight, Pons. We really appreciate, appreciate it. it. Appreciate it. Thank you very much. Um, the, I know the, the Blue Army of a, of a certain vintage, of a certain age, uh, are really <laughs> happy that you've you've chosen to join us again because they, they like hearing from you. Have you got a message for the Blue Army for the rest of the season? Foxes never quits. We'll said that before, but as we really need uh, that one right now, you know, to believe in, you know, so so just um, get that attitude back out again, and uh, and maybe hopefully we we can uh, stay up. Absolutely, thank you for that. I'm going to use that as a snippet for the show. I think boxers never quit. Um, how about yourself, Alex? Thanks very much for for joining us today. Uh, I hope I hope you've enjoyed coming on. Yeah, thank you very much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Let's just hope it's uh, a much more positive end to the season than today was. But thank you very much for having me. Yeah, no worries at all. Tom, Steve, I hope you enjoy the game next Monday. I can't be there, unfortunately, for, for this one, but I'll be watching closely on TV. Uh, we'll be doing another podcast next Tuesday if anyone's free. Um, but that's it for another episode of It's 11, It's 7 for Jamie Vardy. And we'll join you again next time. Network.